Hi, I'm your host, Nicole Kane, and you're listening to the Home in Place podcast, where I translate theory to practice and create cross-discipline conversations about aging and the importance of place. I'm so glad you're here. Today, I'm talking with Jai Jing Li. Jai Jing is an architecture PhD candidate at Tsinghua University in China. Currently studying as a visiting scholar at Texas A&M University, her research interests include how physical environments support the autonomy of people with dementia in residential care facilities. She has conducted surveys in over 50 Chinese care facilities, as well as more than 20 facilities in Japan, Germany, and the United States. Hi, Jai Jing. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today. I'm just thrilled to have you. Yeah, me too. So we are going to jump right in today and start talking about these problems that you've noticed. And um, and really, we're going to be focusing on how the environment does or does not support people living with dementia. So I'd love for you to um, really just introduce your research and, uh, and what problems you've been noticing. Mm-hmm. I'm excited about this. Uh, I'm going to uh, introduce something about the a basic demographic uh, background of dementia, and then I will introduce my research on that. And today, uh, 47 million people live with dementia worldwide. China has the largest population of elderly with dementia. By 2015, the number has reached 9.5 million. One in 20 elderly people in China are suffering from cognitive impairment, and the population will keep growing very fast. Unlike UK, Japan, and Australia, China doesn't have any national policy for dementia yet. Society, the society lacks awareness that dementia is not a natural aging process, and professional training for caregivers is rare. That makes it difficult to provide a good quality of care for people with dementia. So that is a problem I mentioned. And in recent five years, China has seen an extremely fast development of residential care facilities. However, there are only a few care facilities focusing on dementia care, and it's just starting to get focus from the society. And I started to focus on this field from uh, five years ago, and I was able to conduct some survey in over 50 elderly care facilities in China and over 20 facilities in Japan, Germany, and the U.S. This experience gives me a good chance to compare the difference between various cultures on dementia care. So I'm uh, maybe I'm starting with China because I see the problems of China uh, very much. I see like in China, most of the dementia people live in a facility just with other cognitive impact older adults, and there's no special program for them. In the facility, I can see most of the people with dementia live in multi-bed rooms, which offer a little privacy for them. That's really bad. And lots of them, lots of the facility are large-scale, hard for wayfinding, and look like institution, not home-like. And most of the time, there was no activity going on, only the TV. And uh, there are some therapeutic activities for them. But this kind of activity is just trying to include everybody, uh, leaving no choice for your personal preference. Like we are doing a group activity, and let's do that today, and let's do that uh, every Thursday morning, and that's it. 
And uh, for those live in a segregated facility, they even couldn't go outside by themselves and the door was always locked because the caregivers always thought that they don't want to, them to hurt themselves or get lost if they just go by themselves. And there's uh, no, like, not so many caregivers there, so they can't, like, accompany everyone uh, whenever they want to go outside. And they were more like a prisoner from my perspective, and I think from their perspective, too. I could really feel their boredom, loneliness, and helplessness from their eye and their behavior, and that will definitely worsen their disease because they just lost the control of the physical and social environment, and and there's no choice for them for what to do and no freedom to go whatever uh, wherever they want to go. Yeah. Oh, that's really sad. Breaking my heart. Yeah. 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 So. Um... That is incredibly fascinating and also really heartbreaking. So lack of professional education on dementia care. We've got a lot of big buildings going up for institutional housing for older adults, but they're not necessarily geared for people with dementia. There's yeah. um, lack of education and training just for about the typical disease process, let alone how you might interact with someone with this disease. And um, so care building, infrastructure, am I missing anything? All of it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all, of it. all of it. Oh, goodness. Yeah. Um, well, I just, I love and admire your work. And so you've been into over 50 different care facilities in China, in Germany, in the U.S. Mm-hmm. And Yeah, so I see a lot of difference between the China and other developed countries. I see they have already shifted their mind, shift the care model from institutional to a more home-like way in Japan, Germany, and also the U.S. Like, they focusing what people need rather than their efficiency on operation. Yeah, that's a very important point. And in the U.S., the movement is called culture change. I think uh, most of the people might have heard about that. Culture change means to change the culture in a care facility to a more person-centered uh, culture. Yeah. Yes, yes. I, my whole body and is nodding. Building, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the building changes with that. Yeah. Like we see culture change, they don't only change the program or their attitude. They change the, mo- the building also. I, like, yes, yes. Yeah. And that's something that I think in the U.S. we don't talk about as much. Uh, maybe in the architecture world you do, of course, but in the care in the care world we don't. We talk about person-centered care. That is big, 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 big. Um, but how does the building change as person-centered care changes? Yeah, the building, the building is changing to a more like a household. Mm, I like, see. They will have kitchens, domestic kitchens, and they will have a a smaller scale dining hall, which like can uh, can sit for twenty or a ten to twenty people at a time, not a hundred people like the, like a restaurant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, they will have a range of uh, smaller uh, spaces for social interaction. Mm-hmm. Like they have smaller lounges and maybe a reading room, a music room, and a green room for the plants. Something like that. It's more like a home 
small scale and make people feel really comfortable to do whatever they want. Yes. I love that so much. And I think if if caregivers, as we struggle with wanting to provide person-centered care and feeling like it's it's a challenge, like there's just something getting in our way and it's really hard, you know what? It's my, it might be the environment, this thing that we don't often automatically think about. And I, I am such a firm, firm believer that our environment really can enable us and how can it enable us to do what we want to do. And it's something that isn't often first on mind perhaps yeah. because it's big and it seems immovable and unchangeable, yeah. but I, I think you and I both agree that it's not. <laughs> and it, it provides so much, so much value and benefit to be able to have an environment that can support the way that you want to live and also interact with your clients, family members, whoever it might be. I think it's wonderful. Yeah. Um, okay, so we're gonna talk about a theory, a couple of theories right now that have been guiding your work. Would you like to introduce those? Yeah, as you mentioned, person-centered care is a very, very important care model nowadays. In many countries like Japan, Australia, United States, and European countries, they have already shifted their mind to person-centered care. And autonomy is one of the main goals in person-centered care, I believe, which means to empower the individual with strength to live their life to the fullest, regardless of the disease. Um, I think physical environment plays a critical role in empowering the individuals to work together with care program and social environment. And uh, I'm I'm going to mention a famous uh, environmental gerontologist, Power Lawton. He's really, really famous in in the environmental gerontology. And he has come with with, a famous model named Press, competence model. It explains that for individuals with different levels of capability, the press from the environment will have different level of impact on them. And uh, if the person is fragile and have some difficult in uh, cognition, uh, the more like chaos environment or some very, uh, very, uh, noisy environment or environment with too much uh, information, it will cause them feeling confused or feeling agitated, anxious yeah. about what what they're going to do, what what is going to happen there. But for, for us, like we we are cognitive intact people, uh, it will not be a problem. But for some of them, it will be a big problem. So this model. Uh, came to, came to us came to the designers that we should uh, all, always offer the choices for the people with dementia uh, to help them to find the most comfortable environment or most comfortable levels of stimulation in the space, mm-hmm. so that some people might be feeling very comfortable with with some noise, but some people might not. So that we could always. Uh, offering them a range of spaces with different levels of stimulation so that they can choose from. Yeah, yeah. I love it. I love it. And it's, um, I think the different levels of environmental stimulation, depending on where they are cognitively and also where they are in their day too, in the morning, they might be able to increase their stimulation and they might be drawn to a little more active place, uh, you know, and, but then in the afternoon, 
people might need the quieter environment and to have those opportunities for the the patient to choose, the resident to choose, and also mm-hmm. for the caregiver to help guide decisions too. You know, it looks like you're getting, you're, it looks like you're feeling really agitated inside your body right now. Perhaps we can go and sit together by the window or here's a quiet spot or having, you know, their bedroom as a refuge rather than a high stimulation place. Mm-hmm. And I think it it is, this is such, such a universal topic. You know, us as cognitively intact people, we still have this. I know I yeah. for sure on days when I need a refuge from my five-year-old who's been screaming at me all afternoon and he needs a refuge too because there's something going on in his body that is feeling uncomfortable and so where can this quiet place be the the couch by the window to curl up and read a book to really help lower that environmental stimulus and I just I love that we're talking about this because I feel like it is absolutely such a universal topic and for, yeah. you know, as yeah. you're translating this to the dementia client, it's a little different. It is. And so you're going to have to take other things into consideration that we're going to talk about. But um, but I do feel like this is all universal. I mean, it's for, it's for everyone. Mm-hmm. So I yeah. just love that. Okay. Yeah. Um, so we are going to talk a little more about your research. And I'm so, so excited mm-hmm. to talk about this. Um, so... In your research that you have done and are continuing to work on, because you're working on some really Mm -hmm. cool stuff, is you have uncovered four domains of autonomy. And I would love for you to, if you want to introduce that, or if you want to just jump right in, that would be great too. Yeah, sure. Uh, By conducting a selected literature review on autonomy in long-term care, I figured out that autonomy could be further divided into four domains, control, choice, freedom and independence. Control means I define it myself. Control in my study means people with dementia could exert influence on their environment and events happening on them. And choice means they have meaningful options for environments and activities. And freedom means they are able to act within a certain realm without limitation or regulation. And independence means they could participate in daily activities to the extent within the scope of their abilities. So this is the four main domains I'm focusing on. And based on the four domains, I further conducted a more systematic literature review on how the research and also some experts have said about or have found something about how, to, how the environment could support these four domains. And uh, and now uh, I can give some very, very cool examples on them. Please, please, please. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And one of the very important things I found is to offer a safe outdoor spaces for people with dementia. Because we know that uh, some, sometimes they will get lost or they will just go outside uh, to find their homes and maybe it's very dangerous outside on the street. So we are always concerning about their safety when providing care for them. But if you just lock the door and secured everybody inside inside of the interior area, they will feel trapped or they will feel they're like prisoner. Yeah. And it's yeah. just really cool like treatment for them. Yeah. yeah. So one one solution is that we can adjacent adjacent uh, secure outdoor environment to the living spaces 
and they can just open the door to a very beautiful garden and walk around and enjoy the sunshine, enjoy enjoy the shade under、uh, the benches under the shade, something like that. It will be really、uh, soothing for them to being outside, to being away from from the social environment to a more nature natural environment, and it will all all. Also empower them with a sense of control and a sense of freedom. Like they can go in and out. That's very important for them. And I have、uh, heard from an expert. She said uh, one uh, they have conduct a really really、uh, tiny study. They lock the door、uh, to the garden for two hours. And in the two hours,、uh, people with dementia will always like heavily. Trying to open the door and it's locked, and they will like saying something really, really bad. Like, how can you treat me like that? You are a really bad person, something like that. But then you just open the door. They just they just open it and see outside, and then close the door. They didn't even want to go outside. They just want to make sure they have the freedom to go outside. Yes, the freedom, the control. Yeah, that yeah. foundational word, control. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah, and also one thing to mention is,、uh, when we try to provide this kind of safe outdoor environment, it's better that is under the supervision of caregiver, so that maybe we can have their office window to the garden, so that they can supervise the garden really well, so that they they can be more confident to let. Just let the people with dementia go in and out themselves. Oh, I love that, and and what a nice view for the administrator too to be able to look out into this beautiful garden.、Yeah. Oh, I think、yeah. that that is that is a, a very clever solution, and I think too if. People are listening to this, and they are part of a care facility that has a a memory care unit,、um, and they are interested in either expanding on their current garden or creating a garden. They're professionals. They're landscape architects who specialize in gardens for dementia, and I would strongly recommend they they reach out to someone like that because they're going to have knowledge on things like plants that are edible, that are non toxic, because everything in the garden needs to be able to be touched, needs to be able to be safe, and if、yeah. it goes in the mouth, it needs to be okay too. So yeah, having、sure. not only、um, the paving trails, the the obvious stuff like paths that don't have cracks in it and proper seeding with shade, but also the specific types of plants chosen to make sure they're safe too. So、uh, reach out. This is a we reach out to a professional for modifying the the memory care garden, but it can just be stunning and beautiful and really create that sense of control and autonomy and dignity that、yeah. that we all need. We all need. Yeah. yeah.、Um, okay. So now, thank you so much for talking about the four domains and control, 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 control.、Um, so I would love for you to talk a little more about the solutions that you've found from your literature and things that you've discovered. What are you finding that people can do, either if they're part of a, a care facility for folks with dementia, or if They're at home and caring for someone with dementia too. What are some kind of takeaways? Yeah, one thing is the enrichment of the environment. I I have saw many、uh, Chinese care facilities.、Uh, they only have one large multi-purpose room, and they do dining, they do、uh, watching TV, all in the same area. 
and there's no not so much prop like uh, there's no desk for writing there's no plants uh, there's no uh, desk, a table for playing card there's no piano there's no everything mm-hmm. in the home so we just I think we just need to get ourselves into or get them to into the real life like Imagine what you have in your home, and they need to have it in their home yeah. because care facility is their home. So maybe we just need to uh, be careful to add more, add more um, like partitions, like flexible partitions in the space. So maybe some people can, maybe some people can sit together to play card, and while some people can uh, doing other other stuff like. Uh, a babysitting or something like it will be it will be very interesting to see different activities happen at the at same time so they can have a really, really good choices about what they really want yeah not to forcing them to do one single activity at the same time right. so we're going to get rid of the multi-purpose room we're going to have a yeah. smaller living room with a variety mm-hmm. of seating options so we've got couches small tables with chairs a magazine rack a game table and yeah. having that that choice, and you know, seating by the window, seating near a plant, seating near the care station, yeah. for yeah. the interaction between resident and caregiver. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what? Uh, so I want to leave with a call to action. What would you like to see your design professionals do? Is there anything that an, an architect or a designer, anything you could recommend they do to become more aware of the needs of deme- the dementia yeah. population? Yeah, I strongly recommend if you have any possibilities, you can contact with the local dementia care facilities and to ask if you can just have a one-day tour or half-day tour into their facility. And you can first, you can talk with the caregivers because they are the most uh, like familiar with what a person are and you can know like uh, Jenny is very shy and John is very uh, extroverted and you can always talk with John and the, the, he will talk a lot a lot of you about how they how he feel about the environment something like that and then maybe you can talk with them a little uh, with the residents a little time but I think uh, observation is always a good good um, choice for you to do because you can you can uh, calmly felt what they felt and what they do in the environment yeah I, I love that three yeah reactions yeah. should be taken so cold call your local memory care facility talk to the administrator say hey I'm a designer and I would like to learn more about what it's like to live with dementia can I come in and sit and observe your residents or talk to a couple of them I, I think that the administrators would be thrilled to, to have someone come in. So I hope that um, is inspiring. And I think that is a wonderful, wonderful takeaway and a call to action for your fellow designers. Jai Jing, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for talking with me today. Thank you for giving me the choice to share. Sure. Thank you for listening to Home in Place podcast. You can find links for further reading and contact information for Jai Jing on the website, homeandplacepodcast.com. If you have show ideas, I would love to hear them. Reach out on my website or social media. I'm on Facebook and Instagram at Home and Place.
I'm your host, Nicole Kane. I'm the owner of Home and Place Project, Rethinking the Built Environment. With a background in occupational therapy, environmental gerontology, and training as a certified aging in place specialist, I help homeowners, researchers, and businesses go beyond ADA to create beautiful and inclusive environments. My work is based in solid research and guided by a deep appreciation for the power of place and importance of personal choice. To connect, collaborate, or just find out more about me and my work, visit my website, homeandplaceproject.com. Special thanks to the Audio Information Network of Colorado for broadcasting this episode to their radio listeners. Learn more about them at aincolorado.org. And finally, thank you to Delia Potts of Northfield, Minnesota for composing and performing this original music. Take us home, Delia. Delia.